Hey everybody, it's your old pal Rob. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, today we've got a whole bunch of subjects and I'm really looking forward to talk about. Um, really some things that have stood out. It's been one of those trying weeks that, you know, at the beginning of the new year, you're kind of shocked that that things like this still go on. And uh, this first segment we're going we're gonna to donate some time to. I, I did a live uh, a live uh, vlog on it. And I also did a video on it because it keeps on changing every time we hear. And what I'm going to talk about is the Open Gaming License 1.1 from our good friends over at <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. Okay, it's not even Wizards of the West Coast anymore. It's Wizards of the Coast. And um, I'm just amazed at what they're trying to do. Um, I, I, I done a video where I said, I, I really felt there was something a lot more sinister about it. And I'm sure the subject has been beaten to death, but I just don't think people realize the seriousness of this. This, this isn't something new. Okay. There have been a lot of takeovers. Okay. You know, we've, we've had miniature market taken over by Asmodee, Asmodee swallowing up companies, okay, and, and a lot of other things that have gone on in the gaming business and the video game business, and there seems to be this common theme of just these takeovers and trying to maximize profit, and that's a lot of times what it, it comes down to. This kind of happened early on, too, um, if you really think about it, with, 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 with the thing, I think got a lot of people back to board gaming. I mean, there was always people that board gamed, but board game never. Listen, board game isn't popular because of the dice tower. Okay, board game isn't uh, popular because of shut up, sit down. Don't get me wrong; they have their part to play in it. But I think you got for the popularity and what it is right now. You have to look at Geek and Sundry. You have to look at what Will Wheaton did. Okay, how how many time how many games do you think he sold? How many how many games do you think his show sold? You, people couldn't wait for that show to come out. I couldn't wait for that show to come out. It was done very well. He spoke to you, and he made you feel like you were part of it. Okay, and what happened? Well, it became a thing of greed. Okay, now I don't know what the, what the whole story is or how it transpired, but a lot of it had to do with um, plain and simple. I think Geek and Sundry, you know, wanted more control of the program, and Will Wheaton wanted more control on his side, and it's either control or money, and greed got in the way. At the height of its power. Okay, it went to some kind of streaming service or something like that. And now you don't even talk about it. We don't talk about, about that show anymore. But we'll go back and watch some of them. They were fun. They taught you the rules. He did a great job explaining things. Eh, there were a couple episodes where they got it wrong. And then you got to watch them play it. Okay, in a fun you know, a, a, a fun, a very warm uh, atmosphere that was very inviting to everybody. 
And you took a lot out of that. Now, you have almost kind of the same thing in, in a way, only to a more sinister and gigantic level. And what I mean by a gigantic level is that there's things going on that, that even we don't even know yet. And a lot of people are speculating and things like that. And I try not to do that. But I hear and, you know, I hey, I watch all the other videos, too. And, you know, I like to try to make sense out of out of about five or six different different YouTube channels and go, OK, it sounds like they all got got the same story or maybe they're all reporting it wrong. And I try to, you know, some people I know in the business that I know at certain places to try to find out what they know and whether they can confirm or deny certain things. And, you know, a lot of it is kind of tight lipped, you know, but how does this get leaked out? If they didn't want you to know about it, you wouldn't know about it. How many times has Hasbro or, or, uh, Wizards of the Coast come out with something at a complete surprise at a convention. Nobody had a rumor of it. Nobody knew anything about this. But boy, this, this open gaming license comes out and it gets leaked to certain people. It sounds like almost like they're trying to throw you off track of what they really want to accomplish. And again, this is speculation on my part. But but you have to look past all the hype and all the other, you know, videos of people thinking, that, you know, uh, you know, twisting things and making it sound a lot worse than it is. Listen, this isn't good. There's no doubt about it. This, there's nothing positive coming out of this. You know, when, when you hear that, hey, if you make something and it makes a certain amount of money that you have to pay 25 percent to them. Well, you know, let's look at it two ways here, folks. Okay. Let's try to be fair. Okay. That's crippling for a very small company. Somebody that, that maybe, you know, spent all the money on the art and this and the other, but how, you know, when you go to make a game and there's an IP that you want to do, you expect to get a certain boost from that IP. And Dungeons and Dragons is an IP. Let's look at it from, from that aspect. How much would you pay for a licensing fee to create a game? Because now you're talking about having to pay that licensing fee, them wanting it a certain way. Hey, I, I've talked to people that, that, that have done this. Chris Bartolis, a matter of fact, um, uh, the librarians. They were very strict on that license. They had to approve every little thing with that game. A game that I, I'm still itching to play. But they had, to, they, they had to approve every little thing. And it delayed the game forever. The card game. And it's a very good card game. But this, is, this in some ways, is, is almost no different. Hey. We want this amount if you make this amount. Mm, IP license. Hey, I want to do an Indiana Jones game. Okay, pay us this. Well, how much would, would, would that be out of the profit? Is it criminal? Yeah. Especially after all these years since the first agreement in 2000. 
you know, where, where all these third-party people were able to make all these things. And really think about something here, folks. Hadro made uh, one point something billion dollars last year. Okay. And a hundred million of it was Dungeons and Dragons. Only a hundred million. But Hasbro took a look. Now these are these are actual numbers. Hasbro took a look. Third party made almost 300, 300 to four hundred million. You think you don't think that Hasbro's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And Wizards of the Coast are like, whoa, wait a minute, hold on here. Hold on here. We gotta get some of that money. But the thing I can't understand is how they want to go about it. How that if you create something, they have the, the right to terminate you within 30 days. With very, very little time. So if you spent a whole bunch of money on artists and everything like that, and they're already doing the concept art and you already paid them, and all of a sudden they don't like something that you're doing or, or, or a prior project uh, they got wind of that went out, because you constantly have to be making things. And they got that prior project. And they go, oh, you know what? We're going to cut your license. You have 30 days. And oh, by the way, here's the other part of it. That's beautiful. Everything that you made for our particular product, uh, you we, we own that. We have the right to, to resell that and give you nothing from it. Okay, this is, this is in the new 1.1. I'm giving you the short version of it. And I hope I'm, I'm, I'm getting it across properly. But this is a very, very dangerous thing. Because you know who it hurts? It hurts the guy that can't get, uh, you know, a whole bunch of patent lawyers and stuff like that and fight them. Hasbro said, they got a team of lawyers. Hey, take care of this. They'll tie you up in court and, 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 until, you, until you want to throw up. Until you're out of business. They'll tie you up in court. They don't mind. Oh, you want to go to court? Yeah, that's why we got this team of lawyers. Let's keep them busy. Now, you talk about the Pazios and some, some of the other third-party bigger companies that do have a little money behind them. And they say, huh, okay, your lawyers meet our lawyers. I wonder how that turns out. But are they really trying to just capture this, you know, turn everything into a pay service, like a streaming service every month? Is this the next Peacock, Netflix, and things like that, where a game that started way back, which was pen, pen pencil and paper, now becomes electronical, okay? Which, when we were kids, it, it would sound like magic. When we were playing with our, our you know, Commodore 64s, you know, Atari's, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could do Dungeons & Dragons on here electronically? Now that we're older, it's kind of like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't touch something that means so much to us. Pen and paper. Pencil and paper. Pencil and paper, folks. Don't take the magic of it away from us. And that's what they're trying to do. It's a new age. You know, new generation. For us old or folks that still remember the good old days, you know, the second edition, first edition, second edition, third edition, fourth edition. 
you know, the, these, these are all magical things to us. Getting together with some friends, calculating things, using your, using that gray matter, the theater of the mind. It was, it was the biggest part in the beauty of that game. And now, now they want to make it a monthly service beyond. And are they, are they trying to destroy critical role? Critical role is already saying, Hey, we're getting as far away from this and we're going to reinvent ourselves. Does that turn out to be like the Will Wheaton thing? Well, we're going this way and it doesn't become as popular because the heart and soul of things nowadays, whether you like them or not, critical role is a big part of that. Whether, whether you like them or not, because you hear people that, oh, it's all staged, it's, you know, it's scripted, but, 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 whatever. It is the biggest thing going. Okay. And now, you know, it it was kind of free advertisement for Dungeons and Dragons, which I don't understand unless they have something sinister in their minds and a secondary plan. Hey, why don't we do Dungeons and Dragons? But boy, wouldn't it be cool if we had Will Wheaton or this certain star and we do it from our own? They're under our umbrella. Could that be something that they have in mind? Could that be part of this? Could the long range plans to, to to monopolize everything and take as much as they can without monopolizing and and you smarter people who know business know what i'm talking about you can grab everything up and still find a way to find that loophole and 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 and, and how do you patent a mechanic that's that's a, that's a big question a lot of people have asked i don't think you can do that And yet somehow there's something here that you can't get around. You know, I talked in the video about how when when you would take your A plus or your Microsoft certification, that was supposed to last forever, forever. But there was little loophole. And when they weren't making a lot of money on these tests, and people were just, oh, I got my A+. Plus. Oh, okay, well, I don't really need any other certifications. Well, guess what? It wasn't grandfathered in. It doesn't last forever. They decided, oh, every two years, you've got to pay us X amount of dollars. Take a little small retest. We don't, we don't care if you pass or not. It, it'll be easy for you. But all we want is the money part out of it to keep your certification current. Is this kind of the same thing? Well, well, this started in 2000. 2000, we came out with this open gaming license, 1.0. And now we're going to change uh, a few things and we're going to call it the 1.0. You're going to need to sign this if you're going to want to do any further stuff or have any further relationship with us. This is a scary, scary, scary thing. This is... This makes you want to support the smaller guy even more. The scary thing is that small guy becomes a a big guy at some point. And then you run into this stuff. (coughs) Remember, Dungeons & Dragons Dragons was a very small game. It was a very small game when it first came out. And then 
I became this monster. This conglomerate, this corporate thing, now eaten up by the massive Hasbro, who has not had a good track record as of late. Heroescape, how's that doing? Didn't fund. Overpriced. They're figures lately. A lot of them, I hear a lot of people screaming about them coming damaged and banged up and stuff. You know, I did a video the other day, and I, I want to read you some of, some of these comments from people. We're not going to do a we're not going to do an email thing, but what we are going to do is going to going to read through some some of these things, which are, are really really fascinating when you really hear about uh, read about this. Now I'm going to cut the language out in some of this. Some of these people, well, you know, a little rough. Hasbro has been blanking up with the action figures, packaging, quality, price. Then Wizards of the West Coast blanked up with uh, Magic the Gathering by flooding the market with too much product of dubious quality and testing. Then the 30th anniversary nonsense. And now this. Hilarious. Though, at the end of the day, we already decide to stick with 5th for D&D. And for the rest, keep on exploring other PGG, uh, RPGs. Wizards of the Coast already made it clear with their new D&D edition, they are going the microtransaction DLC route. Make a microcosm a la Apple. A lifestyle brand a la Games Workshop. An incompetent company looking to be the next EA or Activision Blizzard. That's from Darth Veja. Samuel Roberts. Okay, uh, let's let's read what he has to say. And 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 a lot of these things are just so dead on, folks. So dead on. So dead on. So here's what I think happened is happening at um, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, and why what what's happening is happening. First, we need to look at Hasbro. They've been hurting for money, really hurting. Poor toy, toy sales for the last decade has not helped one bit. Well, you know, HeroQuest was a big hit. You know, we got to look at that. During the last two or so years, Wizards of the Coast has been carrying Hasbro, being their only working, working horse left. Wizards of the Coast has been told by Hasbro that they have to increase profits by 50% each year for the next five years. Wizard of the Coast has over-monetized its golden goose, Magic the Gathering. So now, Wizards of the Coast has to squeeze all that they have left to keep up with what Hasbro has demanded. And so here we are, with Wizards of the Coast about to kill D&D. And that's from Samuel Roberts. That's from Samuel Roberts, who wrote that in a recent uh, video that we did. Let's see who else we got. We got our friends Shadows and Sun, which is a a part. Wizards of the West Coast. Yeah, I know it's Wizards of the West Coast. It's Wizards of the Coast. I, I call it Wizards of the Coast. Whatever. Sorry, this stuff, this sinister stuff, it's conspiracy theory. It's It's simpler than that. They are welshing on a deal that they made in good faith. And they're ashamed. It, and it's likely the result of corporate. And the only way we're going to do anything about it is to fight it. Well, well said. 
Ben Jones. But, you know, when I said that, that there was, you know, sinister stuff, I'm saying that there is possibly that's something, you know, why would you blatantly just leak this? Why would you blatantly start this? You know? Why? You know, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense. You're able to keep everything else hush hush and now all of a sudden uh, well you know uh, we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get all this stuff out i don't know i don't know uh shad shadman 82880 i was always surprised that they let other people use their game system in the first place Okay, this was something that I said a little earlier. So let's see let's see how, how he puts it. So I guess for me, it's not surprising that they would want to go back on that. It's been an open system for so long now that people have grown up not knowing anything else. I can understand why everybody's so upset. For the D&D versus religious religion thing, because I had mentioned that originally, people always bring up as a silly thing. In my personal experience, I don't know anyone who is heavily into role playing that also that also any interest in attending church. Just saying that they they may have been a bit silly about it back then, but I don't know that they were altogether wrong. Well, he makes a pretty good point there, because I said you know you know I lived through it all when they tried to cancel D and D because uh, you know. Uh, the, the religious right went nuts on it and said, oh, all our kids are going to become Satanist and this, that, and the other, and so forth and so on. And it was just a game, folks. Heck, I've seen a lot of worse games. You know? And, and you know, you know, it was something new. It was the same as video games. Video games were the devil. They're going to they're gonna make our kids all mass murderers. Well... <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's two sides to everything, you know, two sides to everything. That's for sure. And, um, it, it, you know, it's a really strange, strange situation, situation. He, he makes a great point. Shadman 82880. Hey, this is all a lot of people ever knew. And now, you know, here's this thing, you know. Uh, hold on. This is a great video. Not biased either. D&D has always been creator-guided, fan-guided. It's what makes it so amazing and successful. If CR walks, D&D loses all of those followers. Critical Role. I spend money both on Critical Role merch and D&D merch. After this, crippling after this crippling the small business creator, I'll no longer be purchasing anything from the latter. Well done, Michelle. Well done. Well done. I mean, this is a great point. This is a great point. You know, to, to, to cut them out and to, because maybe you're thinking that you can do it better. Hmm, boy. Uh, 
and and and, and it makes you wonder you know and and this is why i i i said conspiracy theory you know i i did come out with 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 you know hey there's something sinister going on you know because it just it it, it just it almost doesn't make sense to do this why would you do this hmm i don't know I don't know. And, you know, it was put a certain way. And, 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 and it, it, it's, it's really just disheartening what, what they're doing here. It really is. And, you know, you hope that, you know, you would hate to see the third party stuff go away, but you can understand just like an IP. Hmm. Eric, Eric wrote here. The worst thing is complete editorial control of all third party OGL 1.1 content under OGL 1.1 wizards of the West coast says we will not tolerate material materials we consider to be in any way counter to the spirit of D&D. You waive all right to sue over our decision on these issues. Upon termination of this agreement by Wizards of the Coast, the license will cease all sales distribution of your licensing works in exchange for any form of revenue. Your obligation to pay royalties survives the termination of this agreement. This means Wizards of the Coast can cancel you at any time for any reason. Counter to the spirit of D&D is not defined. It is completely ambiguous for a reason. They can use this as a sledgehammer to force any editorial changes on all third-party OGL 1.1 content. They'll probably release some kind of editorial compliance for third parties comply with their demands without question or lose all revenue. Wizards of the Coast is not a benevolent organization. The OGL 1.1 proves that. They will use this clause to force you to comply with their editorial demands. This means at least removing content they find objectionable. objectionable. But it won't stop there. Tyranny is not satisfied to sit idle. Soon, Wizards of the Coast will demand, demand now this is speculation by, by this person, will demand adding content that they require. Then they will start canceling creators who make tweets they don't like. Then they'll cancel creators for tweets from six years ago. Then they'll cancel creators who follow the wrong people. If you do say omit something that the, the D&D spirit police at wizards of the coast care about you're done your revenue is instantly set to zero no matter how much you make in a year the olg 1.1 is just the peak of the montaneous slippery slope of censorship and groupthink and the world uh, um, and 
Wizards of the Coast is strapping on skis and ordering a jetpack. Would any wise investor invest money in a business plan that can be obliterated at any time by the whims of some star chamber in a faceless corporate identity? I wouldn't, and you shouldn't either. And this was from Eric. Eric, who wrote onto the channel. So a really interesting point here. Fantastic and interesting point. A lot of this is yet to unfold, and I don't have all the answers. Okay? I can see them kind of putting something, just like an IP, together, but but doing what they're doing and what this what this whole thing says. Like Eric just wrote, he he wrote out what it says in the OGL. You know, it's it's it, it leaves a lot of cracks in the foundation, folks. It leaves a lot of cracks in the foundation. All right. We'll be back with our next segment, and we'll be talking more about this at some point. But right now, we are going to be talking about the Space Hulk Bible. Yes, there's one out there. See you on the other side, folks. So we go from one mess and and I want to, and I've gotten so much feedback on it. And I want to thank the people that constructively put feedback. Uh, You know, a couple of things I want to close that other section, that other segment out with is that, listen, you know, I'm going off the top of my head and throwing things against the wall, see what sticks. And I said that ahead of time. And, you know, people could be really unkind and rude in some of their comments and go, oh, you you don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. You're just going for clicks. No, I'm putting stuff out there that I think that this could be. Why wouldn't you want critical? If you're a big company and you're greedy and you like to count every dime, why wouldn't you go after critical role and try to replace them and make sure that, that you got some of their money or all their money? Why wouldn't you go after these things if they're making a ton of money and bring it into your profit margin for your shareholders that you have to answer to every quarter? You know, it's, it, it's very, very strange times, which kind of brings me to the next subject I wanted to bring up. And that is I downloaded something I didn't know existed for volume of well, the first edition of Space Hulk. And that's the Space Hulk Bible. And I, w- I was fascinated, and, and, and this kind of ties in with our prior segment in, in, in a way, and how things really go. Uh, I was able, someone was able to send it to me because we were talking about something, and somebody had mentioned, you know, I, I said that Space Hulk's one of my favorite games, and boy, I would love new com- uh, content. Well, he said that the, there was a lot of fan base content out there. And it was, you know, some really good, solid content. And when I went out out there, I, he sent me a link. I downloaded it, and I started going through this. And, of course, inside, this volume is completely unofficial and in no way endorsed by Games Workshop Limited. Now, this website that I had went to, um, it was amazing to me how many how much of of the websites fan-based websites for space hulk had been blocked by games workshop 
and it wasn't that they, you know, you could read the titles and then, you know, the, the guy said, hey, oh, here's some other links. And he would update what happened to the links. And the terrifying thing was, it was just a fan thing where they would give you different rules for for Eldar or um, or things like uh, uh, orcs and stuff like that in the Space Hulk. Okay, how you would be able to use the rules and and things like that. And GW would go and take down the site. And there were like nine sites like this that were taken down by Games Workshop. And what 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 drives me nuts is you won't put out expansions, you won't re-release it. Okay, you, you did your killed team version of it or whatever you, you want to call it, but it's still not Space Hulk. Space Hulk is a solitary game onto its own. And you won't go and put out that stuff, but you'll block anybody from doing any kind of fan sites for the people that already have it that want new material and just want to celebrate the game for what it is. It's an out-of-print game that you are so afraid that someone will try to make money on. I mean, you got to be kidding me. And this goes to show, you know, the, the big corporate greed. You know, Games Workshop doing this. Or is there another thing behind this? Is this one of those things where where Games Workshop is looking to maybe even possibly come back out with another edition and is making sure that nobody else uh, does this? Well, no. Over the last year, they blocked all these things. We haven't heard anything. Now, we don't know what is going to be announced in 2023. And could that, you know, Kill Team uh, uh, thing be a prelude to see or test the waters, like a lot of, a lot of people do, to see if Space Hulk still has that same love, okay? Which we all know it does. Same thing could be said for Warhammer Quest, the 1995 version, and 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 all the fan sites out there that they try to take down. But you know, you know, the reason I wanted this is I wanted to get some ideas, and I started looking in here and. They have a whole thing about Eldor and, um, you know, and, and where I was looking to try to find other sites that maybe had some homebrewed rules and stuff like that was I wanted to go to, 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 to get the Necrons in a Space Hulk. Who does not want Necrons in a Space Hulk? I mean, think about it. You know, you know, it's glorious. Just the thought of it since, you know, shivers up your spine i mean you have to be excited about it and i was taking a look at the um, the eldar because i was thinking of trying to do it in a fashion in the first edition which i thought would be really kind of cool the thing is you know you start taking a look at some of the things and you know how close are the weapons you know you when you start talking about the gauze guns you know, I started looking at the fire dragons a bit and, and some of the rules that they had come out with and, you know, how they would work, how they would work in, in close combat. Do you, do you give the advantage to the Terminator? And, you know, another thing that really makes it hard is, you know, when you turn a quarter and you see a Necron. Now, remember, Gene Steelers didn't have long distance we weapons. 
and they start running at you. You you have Overwatch, and then you jam, and then oh god, you know here we go. And do you make it too easy, or do you make it more of a strategic game where boy, if I can get this guy just to come around the corner, yeah, I'm going to be able to take a shot, and and I know I'll get him. Or do you scale down and try to make it where weapons are adjusted for long distance, that there's a penalty to hit and and do you do you adjust armor value so you have a chance that if you're in the open that maybe you can survive it do you add wounds to try to supplement some of the being out in the wide open and you know do you make it where where just when you are fighting these particular forces that that you would make these adjustments, you know this is something that that I have I've been going over with and so forth and so on. And a nice thing in here in, in this Bible, and um, I'm going to be talking about this on uh, Rob's Tabletop World, this actual book, um, is that it does have Terranid range weapons and how you would go about it. And, and how it did adjust the wounds that, that you would take and you would get. So now you would adjust the wounds, of course, to your squads. So it makes it where, okay, there's a lot of lasers flying around. And, you know, you're going to take some wounds and get banged up a little bit. But you could survive it. And then, you know, you got to figure out who's going to be stronger in close combat, you know, with the Tyranids, it's easier. They've got those claws. They are going to rip you from limb to limb. But downloading this Bible, which I'm going to make a video on, and I am actually going to make sure that we have a link in there uh, that you can go download this, especially if you're a big fan. Uh, it, it really gives you some really nice ideas. Um, even though this is for version one, I think you can use a lot. They do have complete rules in here so you know um you can kind of take that third edition and kind of twist it to to this to this first edition type of bible rules with all the different creatures and stuff that you can do and, and it gives you a great basis on how to uh, develop things and, and and make things go uh, um, uh, a little differently and um I, but the but the thing that really bothered me was when I wanted to go find and learn about, you know, there, there was a site that was dedicated to orcs and a space hulk taken down by, by Games Workshop. There's a thing that had chaos and all its people in a space hulk taken down by Games Workshop. It, it, there had to be about 15 sites all taken down by Games Workshop. And it just makes me think, dear God, you know, I, I know a lot of these sites weren't selling anything. I mean, is it really to the point where you have to, you have to squeeze every dime out of everybody? Is corporate greed so bad? Is it getting worse and worse in gaming? It sure seems to be. It sure seems to be. Because the spirit of this is to put out a good product, get people talking about it, getting people to come up with ideas and do different things, and then taking those ideas and saying, you know something, we can do something with this. And then coming up with your own thing and then releasing it and making even more money. You re-release Space Hulk right now, it's like printing money, folks. It really is.
It's ridiculous. It's paint. It's printing money, and they refuse to see it. They refuse to see it. Scary, scary, scary times, folks. Scary times when greed, money prevents you from enjoying the hobbies that you love so much. It's amazing. It's amazing. We are we are at a time when the quality is better than anything you ever can see, where people can make games with beautiful components, stunning components. And you, you got some people that out there that are just brilliant and make some and, and create some most fantastic games. And yet, I don't think we've ever been in a time where there has been more greed and corruption than we live in right now. I don't know. I feel bad for all you younger people. I'm glad I'm I'm on the back nine of this course. That's for doggone sure. Well, I will tell you this much. We're going to sign off on the other side of this. Uh, I'm going to talk about a few things that we got going on on the channel and coming up very soon uh, on the podcast here. So I will see you guys on the other side. It's been an interesting and long episode for just two segments. That's for sure. So we'll see you on the other side. We got a lot to talk about and uh, we'll take it from there, folks. Well, it's been a very interesting episode for sure of uh, Rob's Tabletop World. Uh just a lot of drama that you don't need. Um, there's a couple of videos that I want to point you to over on my YouTube channel, Rob's Tabletop World. Uh, you know, I've got over 3,000 games, folks. And I decided to make a list of if I had to get rid of all of that, but I can only keep 25 games, what would I do? Well, guess what, folks? That's my phone. Don't, don't think it's yours. So, um, I've made this list and it's really interesting video and it's one of my favorites for sure because it really kind of shows what, you know, me trying to do it off the top of my head and then people put, you know, putting in their thoughts and lists um, and how hard this was to do. And I, I do it without editing or anything like that. As a matter of fact, I sneezed. That was the only time I edited anything out. But I, I got right back on and, and, and taped the rest of it. Uh, another video we were talking about the uh, you know the 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 open uh, source agreement there the the, the open content license uh, the 1.1 1. 1, uh, the OGL the open gaming license excuse me 1.1 uh, 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 we do a video there uh, like I said a lot of nice people with, with constructive criticism and a lot it opened my eyes to a lot of different things you know. And uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, we got a couple uh, reviews. We take a look at Twilight Struggle this week. Um, we also have uh, a couple other things. Uh, we take a look at the Space Hulk Bible. Uh, and we start talking about Necrons, what we can do there. Uh, and uh, just a, a lot of stuff going on. Um, and this uh, coming weekend, we've got, I believe, a live play going up because it is a holiday weekend. So we will be doing some stuff um, and a couple of painting videos as well. So a lot going on. And then we'll be back here next week. Uh, next week, I'm going to try to make an arrangement where I can get it taped with my good friend, uh, uh, Herman Lutman. 
uh, I would like him to be our very first game uh, game uh, designer um, and an interview on the channel. I think it'll be a lot of fun. We'll de donate a whole bunch of time to it. And that was my phone again. But uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, as I start to get, you know, uh, start to tread water here a little bit with this podcast and starting to get my feet under me. Uh, it'll just get better and better, folks. Uh, thanks for those of you that have listened and supported. I'm just completely blown away by the amount of people that have watched this or have listened to it. Excuse me, watch it. Um, it, it it's, it's completely humbling. And uh, I thank you so much for this. Uh, if you have uh, some questions and stuff like that, please keep them coming. NovaPrime860 at Hotmail.com. Uh, your thoughts maybe on the subject that we talked about today. I would love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, Or if you have some questions for me or anything that you'd like to hear read on the podcast here. So, guys, have a great week. Uh, another episode in the books. And until next time, it's your old pal Rob saying we'll see you soon, everybody. <laughs>